This episode of the Bamboo Pastors Podcast has been brought to you by Resource Global. Resource Global is an organization whose mission is to teach, mentor, and connect emerging Christian marketplace leaders around the world so that they can renew their workplaces and cities for the gospel. From Jakarta to Singapore, from Nairobi to Johannesburg, and from Austin to cities worldwide, Resource Global is bringing these leaders together to learn from like-minded leaders in their own cities, as well as leaders from around the globe. To find out more about the work of Resource Global, please visit resourceglobal.org. Welcome to the Bamboo Pastors Podcast, a podcast that explores the joys and challenges of being an English-speaking pastor in a Chinese church. I'm Jalen Chan, and I'm here with my co-host, John Mon. Hey, everyone. Together, we host the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. We're glad that you're here with us. Come on in and have a seat at the table. Hello, and welcome to another installment of the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. I am Jalen Chan. That's John Mon over there. John, it's always good to see you. Um, it's been a little bit. Has it been a little bit? It feels like, for on my end, it feels like it's been a long time. But good to see you nonetheless. How are you doing? I'm doing well. You're right. I think I'm starting to forget when we've recorded and when we haven't. Um, <laughs> it's all just blending together. But I'm doing well. I just, re- uh, no, just yesterday, actually, got back from our church's youth retreat. And, um, you know, I'm not the youth pastor Um, But they needed some help with uh, worship and I was available. So I got to lead worship for about half the worship times um, with a team of students. And so it was just a ton of fun to like hang out with them and um, work with this group of students. Many of them were like first time ever serving on a worship team. And so we like Mm -hmm. practiced before the retreat and um, they did a really, really good job. Um, And so yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it did rain the entire weekend, basically, on the retreat. Um, but I think probably my favorite part about this is since I am not the youth pastor and uh, my responsibilities were very specific, um, I actually didn't have to stay overnight at the retreat. And the retreat site was close enough where I could go back and forth each day, um, which right. was really nice. And there's some other reasons for that, you know, like, uh, other responsibilities and things like that. Cause I still had to be at the young adult ministry on Friday night and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But it was nice to sleep in my own bed. And then I did stay over one of the three nights just because um, the last day, you know, we had an earlier session and then I helped them bring some stuff back, some of the worship equipment back. So it was a kind of a get the best parts of retreat, but still get to like have the comforts of home, I guess. Yeah. Can I ask the the accommodations, just the general like atmosphere and environment? How do you compare being out on the West Coast to being in the Midwest as far as just like the ambiance just being yeah. out? How was that like? Um, I think okay, so retreat location wise, you know, you have the whole range of retreat sites. You and it and you often you get what you pay for generally the prices out here higher than in the midwest sure um in fact i was looking at an old um, promo video that my youth group in wheaton had made and then when the price popped up and i a, a student from this youth group here at my church saw that price pop up and was like 
whoa, why are your retreats so cheap? And I was like, okay, first of all, like 10 years ago. <laughs> and then also we're in the Bay Area. So yeah. Um, yeah, so there's a whole range of sites. I think the thing about here is that many of the retreat sites are like in the mountains, um, mm. various heights of mountains, I guess, because like Santa Cruz mountains are not super high, but it's still mountainous, much more so than, you know, the cornfields of, of Illinois and Indiana. Right, right. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of large trees, the redwoods are out here. And so the scenery is pretty nice. Um, and I think, and then the big difference is because for youth groups, often they go on retreats in the winter, winter retreats in the Midwest, you're dealing with cold and snow. Whereas here you're dealing with lots and lots of rain. And so, you know, I think I've been on four retreats, five retreats, um, you know, since coming here between our young adults and our youth and it's rained hard for at least three of them, meaning like nonstop the entire weekend, just raining. Um, so that always puts a little bit of a damper on any outdoor plans you have, but sure. Um, I think young people, they always find ways to entertain themselves one way or the other. So, <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. But that's good. Otherwise, I feel like they're about the same. Cabins are just as rustic, you know, um, food is just as provides sustenance. <laughs> um, you know, some places the food's pretty good. Others yeah. could be better, but you know, again, it's not, you're not going on a retreat for the food, right? So, right, right. Yeah. yeah. But, the spiritual food. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and our, our speaker did a great job. Um, she was actually, she's from the Chicagoland area. And so that was, that was cool to uh, meet someone. I did not know them before they came to be our speaker, but um, had some mutual friends and, and things like that. And um, we did have a couple students come to know the Lord. And so that was oh, awesome. definitely exciting, yeah. praiseworthy. And um yeah, I think just in general, this retreat had a deep sense of God's goodness and how he's at work in our youth group. Um, we've had some challenging retreats in the past. And um, yeah, this one was one of those where there was just a sense of joy and a very clear picture of God at work. So mm. it was good. Love it. Yeah. How are you doing? That, you know, I can kind of see, but <laughs> yeah. How are you? Yeah, I'm getting over sickness. I was actually, uh, as you're saying, you got to to lead some some music and lead worship for the retreat. Um, I missed out on leading worship on Sunday, so we had a guest speaker who I'd prearranged to to come and speak, and he did an awesome job. But I got sick a few days beforehand. I got COVID, and so wasn't able to get to uh, to worship service and had to calling somebody else to help lead. But, you know, I, I pretty much only lead worship maybe once a year now. And, uh, it's something that I love doing. Um, it's something that I had, you know, a lot of opportunity doing growing up, you know, for you and I a lot in, in youth group and in, in yep. our college ministry and stuff like that. And then even at the, the ministry prior to where I'm now, uh, did a lot of music, but now it's very rare for me to do it. And I kind of miss that. And so, um, yeah, I'm glad you got to do it, but I'm gonna have to find a way to, to sneak myself into the schedule here somehow and, uh, find another Sunday to, to lead. 
um, because it's something that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I just kind of bummed that I missed in general uh, Sunday and um, recovering a bit. But um, my wife, Jenny, thinks that I got it from playing pickleball because <laughs> I've been... <laughs> that is like my new thing now i've been um the last few mondays on my day off i've been playing about four hours of pickleball whoa (laughs) um which has been great you know uh i picked it up about a year ago and just started getting into it a lot more recently so that's been fun but jenny thinks that uh that after this last this past week i got covid from playing pickleball too much pickleball yeah so (laughs) well um it seems like you're on the mend now so that's good indeed well um we have uh just you know normally we'd be recording uh, a full episode continuously but because you were under the weather last week um we don't do this often but every now and then one of us ends up recording with a guest by ourselves and so Listeners, that's that's the case for um, for tonight's episode. We are recording our our introduction actually after the fact, um, so that we can introduce our our guest for tonight. And so uh, last week I had the opportunity to um, just have a conversation with Sandy Kang, and Sandy is um, you know has been on our podcast before, and her husband Ted is the lead pastor at my church. Uh, but Sandy is the co-founder and executive director of a, a ministry or an organization, actually I should describe it as an organization called Nexus Mentoring. And um, and so we had her on the podcast to, to share about that. So we hope you enjoy this little interview talking about a new initiative that she's um, heading up um, here in the Bay Area. And uh, we'll be back with new guests and, and more episodes soon once both of us are fully healthy and, and everything. Right. So thanks for hanging in with us. And uh, we got also some more exciting things that should be coming on the podcast, but we'll we'll let you know about them in upcoming episodes. Just a little bit of a teaser. Uh, yeah, looking looking into having maybe a guest host here or there. So um, yeah, enjoy the episode. All right, welcome back to the podcast, Sandy. Um, it is good to have you on for our listeners. Um, Sandy Kang is a returning guest. I just looked it up. We most uh, we had her on back in the beginning of season two. So this was like two and a half years ago, which seems crazy that the podcast has been going on for that long. And at the time you came on to talk about a ministry that you were a part of um, or organization you were a part of called Healing Grove. But since then, uh, you've actually transitioned to a new role. So, Sandy, it's I'm really glad to have you on the podcast today. Welcome back. And then also excited to just hear about what you're doing with Nexus Mentoring. Thanks, John, for having me back. Why don't we just start by hearing a little bit of how you made this move from um, Healing Grove to Nexus Mentoring? So back in December 2021, um, uh Someone from the church called my husband, Ted, who is the senior pastor of our church, um, offering just kingdom seed funding uh, for a new initiative. And his only ask was, I want to see a revival among young people. And that was it. 
So there was funding before vision, which is very uncommon in the church world. So the church leadership, uh, the staff and elders uh, went into a season of really asking the Lord, what is this vision that um, you are asking of us through this funding? And so after a season, um, the leadership invited me to take on this new initiative. And so in that whole process, we received the name Nexus Mentoring to be the name of the new initiative. And um, so, yeah, so it's from December 2021. We are it's been over a year. Uh, we've been incubating. And back in January of 2024, we had a public launch of Nexus Mentoring. So that's the kind of a two minute version of how this all started. Yeah. And, you know, I, I remember I was in like the staff meetings when Ted first started sharing about uh, even before I think the vision for Nexus Mentoring, like you mentioned, um, the the gift that was given to the church to uh, really meet the needs of the next generation. And um, I remember us having like multiple conversations at a staff level while at the same time, I think elders were talking about like, like, what does God want for this? And so it's been really exciting to kind of have a front row seat, you know, mm -hmm. for me to see um, the genesis of, uh, of Nexus, and then also kind of step by step piece by piece things coming together yeah. um so i'm yeah again i'm excited to to share this with our listeners i guess the question that would be good to to start with is what exactly is nexus mentoring um mm -hmm. and why do you see mentoring as kind of the key way to reaching um early adults for the gospel yeah so we were basically given this blank piece of paper with funding. Um, so it allowed the team and I to dream without any financial restrictions. So that's what we did. We just dreamed of every possible thing that we wanted to do in this season of life. And so that took us on a journey of just contacting a lot of campus ministries first. That was our first thought in terms of young people, because I mean, the youth have church ministries um, or church youth groups. So I got in contact with several local campus ministries and um, they just, it, we didn't connect at that level. Um, I even offered, I'm willing to join the campus ministry staff just to get connected with the college students. Uh, but we realized that those resources are available for college students and the missing gap in the church right now is really the young adult generation. Mm -hmm. um, the 21s, you know, post-college to probably like early 30s, 35. So we adopted as our target audience, uh, we are using the term early adults uh, because young adults seems very churchy. And if you go to the local bookstore or the library, the young adult section is actually the teen section. Mm -hmm. So it can be a confusing word uh, for those outside of, the church. So our target audience is really the early adults. We zoned it in to the 21s to 35 year olds. Um, and what we were trying to really ask ourselves was how do we reach those outside of our church walls? Mm -hmm. uh, the traditional, you know, come to church, come to a revival meeting or come to church with me on Sunday doesn't necessarily work, at least in the Bay Area. 
um, it works for some, but just the general sense that we've been um, understanding is that that traditional model of come with me um, is not always successful. So we were asking ourselves, um, what does the early adults need right now where we can really share um, just the life and love and hope of Jesus? And so we realized that mentorship um, can be a very strategic way. It's just an investment um, into relationships, building communities of belonging, of safety for people to feel seen, listened to, understood. Um, and so, you know, Ted, I have to bring my husband into this conversation because his whole doctorate dissertation was based off, uh, off of um, the uh, St. Patrick's way of evangelism, that whole model of mm -hmm. belong before you believe yeah. and how St. Patrick built these small communities around the country um, and that just brought revival in the whole nation. And so we thought, how can we model these um, establishing small communities of belonging, especially after COVID, where everyone's longing and searching for community um, for the purpose of just sharing life together. So that's how the mentorship is coming, uh, has come together. It's not a one-on-one -on -one mentorship, but it's really a group mentorship with a mentor, uh, with a group of three to four or five mentees. So we're calling it Nexus Pods. Um, so that's kind of the framework of Nexus mentoring. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys are in your very first round of these mentoring pods right now. Like you've just recently launched those, I think. We did. We had a, a kickoff reception. So in our first year, uh, we didn't advertise too much, a lot of word of mouth invitation. Um, but we have 31 early adults mentees and we have eight mentors who've been trained and they are so excited to spend this whole year with their with their nexus pods yeah i'm i'm curious like what are some of the topics that they might you know discuss over the course of the the year-long journey um yes so the whole framework is called lead l-e-a-d mm -hmm. and again credit to my husband uh, this was his doctorate project. L is, the module is L for Luminate, just a, a journey of self-discovery, illuminating your past to understand who you are now. Um, the E stands for Elevate. So elevating your identity. It's really kind of mapping out your life journey and gaining perspective into where there's some defining moments to um, shape who you are now and kind of reframing your narrative to kind of see God's hand through, um, you know, a lot of broken places and seasons mm -hmm. of your life. Um, so lead LEA, A is really activating your future. We're going to take our mentees through a process of, um, you know, figuring out what their values are, uh, defining moments, passion moments, you know, and really trying to discover like what could be their purpose or kind of calling in their life and how can we activate that how can we activate faith in them so that they can really reach their potential and then d um, as part of the lead um, acronym stands for duplicate your learnings and this is really you know how do we invest into our next us so there's kind mm. of a play on word with nexus yeah. um, and we will kind of work through this generosity plan of how can we live a life of generosity so that we can invest into someone else or 
communities that are kind of in need. So mm -hmm. that's the framework, L-E-A-D. And we have basically 10 assignments or activities that we are having the mentees do. And when the Nexus pods meet, they're going to just process through a lot of this. So it's a lot of life on life processing, um, offering perspective, mm -hmm. coaching, mentoring, all in one package. Yeah. Um, and because of that gift, it's fully funded, right? Like, I think the people that sign up, they're, they're able to participate um, for yep. free. Fully funded. Yeah. That's awesome. I think one of the things that I that was just so interesting as the idea uh, was, you know, coming together and, and I'm hearing some of this directly from you and Ted, but also hearing about it from other people um, is, I guess there's two things. One is that if you if you went on the website, which by the way is um, nexusmentoring.com, you you may not know like directly that this is coming out of, um, and I hesitate to say this because it's it's actually not really coming out of our church ministry, though it's definitely being supported by our church. Like our church has definitely invested in this, um, but and and I don't think it's like one of those situations where you're you're like, oh, the bait and switch, right? Like this is actually designed so that it can it. It's not necessarily um, like faith-based if I'm probably not saying that right, but um, that the intent is actually for, for the people to part who participate in this don't necessarily have to come from a church background or uh, it, no. it, and in fact, it's intended to reach people who don't come from a church background. It's intended for the early adults. Yeah. So I don't see a line between the church and unchurched. I see this whole generation as mm. one population that we want to really um, pursue. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can be a young adult, early adult in the church, but still not have, you know, self-awareness of your past and how that really informs who you are now. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, many of them feel stuck in life. They just... They've majored in one thing, they graduated, and they're just not sure if what their next steps are. So for me, you know, this mentorship is really for this next generation, hmm. whether you find them on a Sunday morning worshiping at a church or not. So yeah. we have chosen to see them as kind of one package. Um, so yeah, that's how I would view them. So you don't necessarily have to be a Christian. Um, if you look at the website, like you said, John, there's nothing Christian about it, but you read in between the lines, mm -hmm. um, it has Jesus, yeah. you know, messaging all around. So we can do this without using all the churchy Christianese mm -hmm. language. And I, I imagine that if you're put into a pod with a few other people who are in similar life stage, maybe the same industries or, um, you know, like, I mean, because it's primarily Bay Area, um, it might be people who are kind of like almost like neighbors um, that some may be followers of Jesus and others may not. And even in those interactions, those friendships being built and communities being built, um, you know, the gospel is being proclaimed, whether mm -hmm. it's actively through, you know, some sort of teaching or, or talk or message or, or through just the relational interaction between people. And I think that that's, that's really exciting. Um, 
to, to hear about and um, looking forward to just kind of seeing the fruit of that as it as it comes. Um, I, you know, you guys had this event back in January called the Nexus Summit, and I actually got to attend. I'd heard about a previous one before and uh, was able to, to go and, um, you know, I was manning the, the AV and thank you <laughs> and stuff. And so I had like front row seat, right? Cause I'm, I'm as close yeah. to the stage as anyone can be. Cause I'm sitting in the corner behind my laptop. And so I got to kind of see what you guys do and, um, you know, maybe I'll, I'll just, I'll let you describe what the Nexus summit is. But uh, from my perspective, it felt like the year long journey in a crash course and really to whet the appetite of, of those who were signing up for the, for the pod. So. Yeah, you said it correctly. It was a crash course. <laughs> it was a crash course of the LEAD framework. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, it was a leadership summit for all ages. You know, we've had even my daughter who's 13 up until like, up to like 60s and 70s um, as our attendees. Uh, we had seven keynote speakers. Each of them were assigned to one of the four modules of the LEAD framework. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing is, um, you know, all the speakers are Jesus followers, uh, but they all spoke in a language that was just plain language um, to share part of their life story uh, to share about how self-leadership is really so vital in leading others. I mean, Leadership Summit um, that was focused on the self-leadership, the mm -hmm. leadership of the soul. So 15-minute TED Talk style presentations by our seven speakers. We had roundtable discussions. And I have to say uh, that a lot of the feedback we got was just how people appreciated the vulnerability of the speakers. Hmm. You know, these are some high profile speakers from the Bay Area. And rather than share their success stories, they chose to share about their failures or their defining moments that were often marked with pain uh, that really shaped who they are now and how those things really activated what they are pursuing in their careers right now. So, um, I, I'm just thankful. Um, the summit exceeded my expectations um, in attendance, but also the excellence that my the team um, mm -hmm. did so well to put together. So um, I loved it. I loved every part of it. Thank you, John, for coming <laughs> and serving us. I was I was glad to be there and uh, yeah, got to hang out and, and see what you guys are doing again. Like I said, front row seat, right? So yeah. Um, so I think one of the things that I wanted to to ask you about because you know this podcast is pretty niche like topic and audience you know we were talking before we started recording just about kind of the the listenership and and things like that and so uh, I imagine that we have a lot of um, listeners who come from Chinese heritage churches all over the country and so. They might not be like in the Bay Area where we could just be like, well, you should consider inviting young adults from your or early adults from your church to check out Nexus Mentoring. Because right now, as far as I understand, it's mostly a regional thing. We have a virtual pod, John. 
there is some opportunity listeners you can definitely check it out but i think just based on what you guys are doing with this i think there's a lot of things that can translate to like that or at least that church ministries churches can glean from what you guys are doing and so i think if you if you were really to kind of think through um i guess i don't know if it's i don't know if it's a trade secret or something but if you could could share what are some things you feel like might um translate well for a church that could do to reach early adults in their area maybe it's a church that's like close to a college campus or it's a church that uh is i don't know in the suburbs or something it's different setting than than where we're at in the middle of silicon valley or the bay um yeah what are some of those things so I, I have to tell you that there is a pastor from Texas who heard about Nexus and he actually flew out to the summit. Um, you know, his church was sharing about the vision to reach the young adult generation this coming year. And then he heard about Nexus and he thought, I think this might be the resource that we can bring into the local church. So I uh, created a virtual pod for future mentors and training, and he's he's part of that pod. Um, and so it has expanded beyond the Bay Area. We have a virtual online pod uh, with some women from like Colorado and Texas. Um, but yeah, thinking about the Chinese Heritage Church, I think even for me, um, I we were really challenged to rethink evangelism. Um, it's so much easier to present the four spiritual laws and, you know, have that altar call, like, um, and lead people through the sinner's prayer, but it just, at least in our church, in our area, it, it's not very attractive to do that anymore. Um, and so we had to really think through what could evangelism look like? How did Jesus do it? And, you know, when we think about how Jesus spent you know, years with his disciples creating this kind of relational community of belonging. Um, And they didn't believe until they experienced the resurrected Christ. And so, you know, to see spiritual formation and discipleship way before someone, you know, confesses that they um, are a believer, I think to rethink evangelism in the sense that let's rethink discipleship uh, that discipleship discipleship can and should happen way before we possibly even present the gospel. Hmm. Um, and so that just, you know, uh, uh, forces us to think long-term. Um, it is a long journey of relationship building and building trust and to impart this lifestyle and culture of uh, a Jesus follower. So I think that's the framework that we're, moving nexus forward with uh we want to rethink that even in our local church context and um so especially for a chinese heritage church you know our cantonese and mandarin you know congregations love these big gatherings and i think there's a place for that as well uh but can we also think about you know discipleship way before we actually Mm -hmm. verbally articulate the gospel to someone because when that trust is built with someone, then they'll listen to what you have to say. You know, they've seen yeah. the evidence of how you're living for Jesus. And 
when you actually speak that gospel message, it's already been backed up by your lifestyle. So I think that's kind of the framework that we're working with. And that would be my encouragement yeah. to the Chinese heritage churches. I think like for myself working with our young adult ministry, a lot of what you guys are doing with Nexus, we, you know, we've talked about over the years, like, um, this, that exact idea of uh, belonging before believing and, and how discipleship is, is a whole journey and it starts before conversion. Um, but I think one of the things that I really appreciate about Nexus is just the intentionality of using limited time right because like it's it's like a year long journey and you're hoping that it'll go relationships will go on beyond that but you kind of have like a fixed time right yeah and I, and i think there's something important about that intentionality because then then you don't waste uh the mm -hmm. time that you have and not that i think our young adult ministry is wasting any time but i think that there's a fine line between like just kind of uh being intentional versus just being uh, or just missing opportunities maybe is, mm -hmm. is the way that I see it or, or think about it. And so there are our young adults in our young adult ministry who we've been building relationship with over the years. And it might not be something as cool as like a mentoring conversation or um, lead, but it might have been something like softball, right? Like they've been playing yeah. softball with us for or volleyball for um, a year or two, or they've just been coming out the small group and, and joining us for Bible study. And I think one of the things that, that I'm always trying to encourage our young adults with is like, Hey, you know, when your friend comes, um, we can be intentional about having conversations like faith conversations yeah. with them that are not like, Oh, do you want to convert or trying to like push yeah. them into one thing or the other, but to just kind of have open ended conversations about well, what yeah. do you believe or what are you thinking um what are the questions that you have and mm -hmm. cultivating that sort of trust and relationship and so yeah i i think the the thing that the takeaway that i would have is how do we translate that sort of one year intentionality not necessarily mm -hmm. to put a time limit on it but just yeah. to have that urgency so yeah. to speak um with our ministry so yeah i again like I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on the podcast, but some of the young adults in my ministry are in this first round of the mentoring pods. And so I'm excited yep. to see the fruit of that, both in their lives, but also how it trickles down into the rest of our ministry. Yeah. Um, and, you know, hopefully sets up Nexus for even more impact down the road. Um, yeah. So yeah. I guess maybe a, a question to kind of not end on, but, uh, towards the end of our conversation about this is what do you envision for Nexus, you know, a year from now or five years from now? What are you what are you looking forward to with this uh, with the organization and and where you guys yeah. are headed? Well, there's actually two target audiences that I have for Nexus. One is really our mentors. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't talked about our mentors, but there's kind of four criteria uh, for our mentors, if I can share that. Um, the first one is just a solid, mature believer, follower of Jesus. Uh, the second one is that they need to have professional credibility. So all our mentors right now are industry people. They're very successful in their career, and they have really integrated faith in their workplace. 
Um, and then the third one is to have emotional and cultural intelligence to really understand the kind of the Gen Z, current Gen Z, you know, generation that they will, they, they will be mentoring to really understand the cultural moment that we're living in. And then the fourth criteria is really that there's been fruit in their lives um, investing mm -hmm. into others. So for me, I just want to see an uh, increase of um, Jesus followers who really have a heart for the next generation um, who would invest into, you know, early adults. And um, I mean, can you imagine someone who is kind of new in their career who wants to be a software engineer getting mentored by a high executive of Apple? And I mean, that's that's a really cool setup. And I'm speaking of one of our mentors that we have this year. Um, for the mentees, we just really want to see them like living in alignment with God's purpose for their lives. Hmm. Um, you know, there's no this is the one path ahead for you, but we really want them to just walk a step closer to be transformed towards Jesus and his purposes for them. Um, just to walk in self-awareness of who they are, uh, to be able to articulate like their identity and their passions. Um, and also to know that they're not alone, uh, that they have a community of people that they can journey together with. Um, the one cool thing I have to say is the mentors are all trained to tell their life story um, and to have just people a few decades ahead of us share their brokenness, share their pain, but also, you know, the the redemptive work of God in their lives to a group of mentees who are still trying to figure out who they are. I think that will speak volumes hmm. uh, to our mentees. So. I would love to see just a transformation among our mentors investing now into their next generation um, and also just a movement among early adults to discover, you know, the life design. That's part of our mission statement is that they would discover their life design mm -hmm. um, and really walk in a flourishing, impactful way um, in their lives and to, you know, take that and invest it into someone else. So I don't have any numeric measurable goals but we just want to see movement yeah. um, in our churches, but also in the Bay Area and beyond. So that's our hope and that's our vision. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I'm excited to, to see where this heads and um, just really praying that the Lord would um, make this, yeah, this ministry flourish and um, really a, a big impact on, on that generation. Um, we always like to wrap up this the this podcast with uh, the same question and I know you've kind of already been sharing quite a bit um, but what would just be one piece of advice or encouragement you would give to someone who is currently serving in the Chinese Heritage Church it can be related to what we've been talking about or it can be completely unrelated to yeah so I I don't know if this is related or not this is just something that I've been really wrestling with uh, for a couple of years um, and this is the word I would give is to stop creating polarized mindsets and communities. And this mm -hmm. is speaking for myself. Um, we've kind of, you know, polarized the secular versus sacred or the Christian and non-Christian or the church and unchurched and even faith and works. Um, 
the, it goes back to your earlier question. Is this for the Christians or non-Christians? I see all of them as the early adults. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, as church people, uh, we often put labels that polarizes communities or programs. Um, I would just bring an encouragement out of the place of wrestling that I have right now and with this shift of mindset. So yeah, that's my encouragement. Yeah, that's that's really something um, for us to think about. And I hope listeners would, would wrestle with that. So Sandy, thank you for coming on the podcast um, tonight. I know that we definitely... Uh, we tried to record this at one point and had to reschedule. So I'm glad that we were able to have this conversation. And uh, yeah, thanks for your time and for what you are doing for the kingdom. Thank you. That's the end of our episode. Thanks for joining us today on the Bamboo Pastors podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the pod on whatever platform you listen to us on. Rate and review us and check in every week as we explore the joys and challenges of ministry in the Chinese church. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bamboo Pastors. See you next time.